This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Let me share with you the word of God. I want to share with you quickly and we're going to go get out your way. So y'all could take y'all Easter pictures. And y'all can go on your egg hunts. Amen. I believe it's something that the Lord wants me to share with you today. Get your Bibles. Turn to the gospel according to John, if you would. Chapter number 20. John chapter 20. We're going to begin at verse number 1. John chapter 20 and verse number 1. It's so good to see y'all in church today. Hallelujah. Would you do me a favor just in case your neighbor didn't hear me? Look at your neighbor and say, the man of God is glad you came to church today. He is. He's so excited. He's so glad to see you. Amen. He was praying that you got here and he and you made it. You blessed his heart today. Amen. You all blessed me today. John chapter 20 and verse number 1 is where we begin our lesson. And I'm going to look at another verse of scripture, Matthew 20 and 28. If you're writing notes, write that down, Matthew 20, 28. Somebody uh, online, be my digital secretary and write in the comments, John 20, and then write Matthew 20 and 28. When you have the word of the Lord, say amen. It's on your screen. You may follow along, and it reads thusly. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh unto Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they've laid him. But Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to outrun you. I'm going to tell him I need to see it for myself. Come on, tell him I'm going to outrun you. Verse 5, and he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying. Yet went he not in. Then finally Peter came and followed him. And he went into the sepulcher and he saw the linen clothes. Now the other one of y'all look at your neighbor and say, you may outrun me. But when I get there, I'm going in. Oh, you may get there first. But when I get there, I'm going in. Verse number seven. And the napkin that was about his head. Not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scriptures, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. Verse number seven is the text of image. Verse seven, it says, and the napkin, somebody said the napkin. That was about his head, not lying with the other linen clothes, but it was wrapped together 
in a place by itself. It was wrapped together in a place by its, the napkin. The napkin. Or his towel. Was wrapped in a place by itself. Matthew 20 and 28. Matthew 20 and 28. It reads like this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. In the NIV, it says like this. For even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for others. I want to talk to you from these two verses of Scripture this afternoon from a message entitled simply, The Towel. The Towel. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's always been about the towel. It's always been about the towel. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that once again you would bless this witness. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be thou acceptable in your sight. You're my God, you're my strength, you're my redeemer. I need you, Lord. I can't do this without you. I don't want to preach because I'm gifted. I want to preach because you anointed me. I don't want to say it because I wrote it. I want to say it because you told it to me. Have your way. Move by your spirit. Every listener that's in this room, I pray that they would press their ear to your mouth and hear what the Spirit has to say unto the church. Lord, I pray today that whatever need is in this room, it'll be met through this message. It is in the name of Jesus we declare this and we decree this, and it is so done now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may have your seats in the name of the Lord. On your way down, just say the towel. The towel. The towel. It's always been about the towel. It's always been about the towel. It's always been about the towel. Brothers and sisters, as I shared with you earlier today, uh, I have been preaching for 29 years. That is not a short period of time. To do the same job for 29 years is certainly extraordinary. I mean, some companies, if you work 25 years, they give you a clock, a watch, or something to commemorate your lifetime of service. 29 years. Some of you raise your hand and you're not even 29 years old. I remember... April 17th, 1993, when my pastor at the time, Reverend James B. Cross, he sat there and listened to me as I ministered my first introductory message into public ministry. My message was called, The Power of Your Testimony. I preached about Jesus and the woman at the Samaritan well, who after Jesus spoke with her, she went back into the city of Samaria and told the whole city everything that he shared with her. And the Bible says revival broke out in the city. Jesus had to stay there for another three days because of this woman's testimony. If you testify, 
things will happen and things will turn around. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't look like what I've been through. Well, my years of ministry have been certainly extraordinary. They have been uh, challenging. There have been many ups and many downs, many ins, many outs. I've preached a lot of messages, Danielle. I've preached a whole lot of sermons. Most of them were terrible. Some of them, a few of them were okay. I think I've maybe preached a message here and there that people's lives were blessed. And somebody asked me the other day, what's the best message you ever preached? My response was, I haven't preached it yet. Because I'm still growing. I'm still developing in what God has called me to do. You would think after 29 years I would have it together, but none of us have a monopoly on God. And none of us can outgrow God. None of us have this thing where we just feel like we just got it made and we're going to do it the way we always do it. The truth of the matter is still when I get up to preach, there's a level of nervousness that still sits in me. The nervousness keeps me humble. And sometimes God has to remind you by keeping you human that you must stay humble. And when you understand that, you then understand that I was trying to grow. I was trying to develop and be better at what God called me to do. But this is not just an occupation. It's a holy vocation. Contrary to what y'all hear on social media and in the movies and stage plays, ministry is really nothing to play with. You're really handling people's lives. It is a job that is more important than the president of these United States. It is more crucial than a surgeon that's doing heart surgery with your chest wide open on a table. I have to preach to your soul. I have to literally convince your mind to be transformed from how you used to think to how you should think and encourage you to think more like God. Coming to church and preaching and ministry, it's really all about having a mind change, a mind adjustment. But how do you preach to people's minds when we live in an age of skepticism, paranoia? We're so fearful of being manipulated that anytime anybody talks to us, we're wondering, are they trying to get over on me? So it's hard to preach to the mind, so I have to switch and not just preach to your intellect. I've got to preach to your soul, your heart. If I reach the heart, then I can reach the soul. So I got to do heart surgery every time. And for 29 years, Sunday mornings, revivals, and Friday nights, I've been preaching to hearts. I've been preaching, trying to get people to come see a man that told, them, told me all that I've ever done. I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody, trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I've been doing it, for and I've enjoyed the journey, but I got to tell y'all, it's been a little discouraging. Because you would think people would want to hear some good news or gospel, but people don't always want to hear it. They don't always want to accept it, but it's okay. I've learned how to preach in season and out of season. When they want to hear it, when they don't want to hear it. You guys, I preach in crowds larger than this one. I preach when this house is jam-packed. I've preached when nobody was in here but me, pastor, and a camera. You've got to learn how to do it, not for the crowd, but for the cloud. You got to learn how to do it, not for the accolades of people. For if I only preach because you clap, I'll stop preaching when you stop clapping. I have to come with an amen already in me. I got to come with a witness already in my heart. I've got to be encouraged before I try to encourage you. Somebody just say 29 years. 
29 years. I was 16 years old when I started. I was a baby myself. Yeah, I was still in high school when I started ministry, when I started preaching. I was still a senior in high school. Can you imagine? They called me preacher boy. I didn't start wearing jeans till I was in high school. I wore suits to church, to, to, to school every day. Dress pants, dress shoes. I was dressed up for school every day like it was a revival meeting. Y'all pray for me. I'm special. I didn't start wearing jeans and sneakers until high school. And, and they called me preacher boy. And I was preacher boy, but I was living an example even at 16 years young. But I was still coming into my identity. And I was still coming into who I am. Here's the challenging thing about that. And uh, I, 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 I say this often. That what was done to me back then, I'm not sure that I as a pastor would ever do that again. I'm not sure that I would license a 16-year-old. They're not developed. They're still in a mind frame. I'm a little crazy and weird, and y'all pray for me. So I was a little uh, 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 old man while I was 16 years old. You know, I had this thing pop belly at 16, and I, I, you know, I, I was doing this at 16 years old. So I'm a little, but 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 we gotta be very careful when we throw adult labels on children. That is another form of child abuse. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help y'all. We're going to get here after a while. When you're putting too much responsibility or adult responsibilities on child, there was, a, there was a video going around in social media, and I saw it just the other day where they saw this young man, and he was standing in the pulpit, and he was preaching. I mean, he was going at it. He was giving them golden nuggets. And I, I looked at it, and to be very, very honest with you, Brother Terry, when I saw the young man, and he could be about uh, 13, 14 years old, and he was up there preaching, and they was shouting and screaming and hollering. A tear came out of my because I wept because they don't realize they're sacrificing his innocence. They're sacrificing his childhood because they won't be encouraged by reading the Bible themselves. So they'll be entertained by a child's performance instead of going and being disciplined. If children need to learn basketball and baseball and football and play video games and go to prom. Come on, somebody. They need to go to school dances. They need to have their first kiss and their first girlfriend. And boy, that children need to be children. They used to tell us, you need to stay in a child's place. And so, and so that was, that was very extraordinary for me. And I'm getting through this and I was attempting to develop as a ministry gift and develop as a ministry personality. But because I didn't know my own identity, I gravitated to the identities that I saw that were popular and I became an identity thief. It's a shame that some of y'all are 56 and still doing it. I was doing it at 16. Some of you 46 and still stealing identities because you, when you don't know who you are, you begin to copy those who are confident in who they are. Be it a drug dealer or a preacher, whoever looks confident in doing what they do, I'll copy you because I don't yet know who I am. So I started robbing personalities. I said, you know what? When I get up there and preach, I want to preach like Bishop Jakes. 
I mean, I want, I, I need my voice to get real deep. And I was up there, y'all, you should have saw me. I was trying to make my voice real deep. And, and I was like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And I'm trying to be something I'm not. And I discovered, I promise you, Isha, I will. I discovered something. That when you act like someone else, God anoints who you act like. Instead of anointing you. God said I can't anoint you. Because you keep giving me presentation. And not authenticity. Stop acting like somebody else. Because that role has already been taken. Touch your neighbors and be yourself. I said when I preach. I want to preach like Bishop James. I want to hoop. You know because my culture of preaching. Style of delivery. We hoop. We holler. You know we chopping wood. We screaming. Ah, we do all of that. You're going to get some of that in a few minutes. Watch this. I said, I want to do it like Bishop Noel Jones. Couldn't nobody preach and holler like Noel Jones. He's still hollering and screaming like, oh my God. I said, God, I want to do it like that. And then, and then it wasn't only men. It wasn't only men. I said, I said, God, I want to, I want to speak in tongues like Jackie McCullough. Y'all ain't never heard it before. I know y'all just got saved Thursday, but some of us who've been around here for a while, my God, when Bishop Jackie McCullough starts speaking in tongues, heaven opens up. She speaks German, Russian, and French all at the same time. It just feel like God just sat in her throat. And before you sit there and judge me and tell me about me aspiring to these spiritual gifts, how many people have you copied? How many people have you act like, dress like, tried to look like, change your whole hairdo like, because you just didn't know who you were? We all do it. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. But I found out like David did to Saul that none of their garments fit me. I've never tried these things. So I had to derobe myself of the Jakes, the Joneses, and the McCullers. And I had to put on Jonathan Shaw. Do it like I do it the way I do it. It took years for me to discover my identity. And I discovered something. That there is, Brother Rory, a brand that follows certain ministries. There's a label, a, you know, some type of stamp of what you're going to get when we get you. You know, like if you call on Benny Hinn, you know you're going to get healing ministry. Yeah. Lift your hands, glorious people. You know, that's what you're going to get when you get Benny Hinn. I mean, that's, that, that's what you're going to get. When, when, you, when you get Dr. Jamal Bryant, you're going to get from the windows to the walls. You're going to get all that. With Jamal Bryant, when when you get when you get these now, the, the, when you get Mike Todd, you are gonna have a whole scenery on the pulpit with all bunch of uh, props, and he gonna be swimming and spitting on people and throwing water. He gonna do all that. That's what you get when you get Mike Todd. That's the brand to their ministry. I don't talk about it. I don't dog them. That's your thing. Do your thing. Now watch this. That's their brand, but for all of us, Jesus is our product. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, 
Don't change your product. Just check your brand. The product still got to be Jesus. But the brands may be different. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, both still dark soda. It's just a different brand. So don't shut it down because it's a different brand. Do they have the right product inside? So I had to make sure that I'm preaching Jesus. But what's my brand? What do people get when they get me? What oil am I carrying? What am I presenting? I got some of y'all need to ask yourself the question today. What do people get when they get you? Do they get a liar? Backbiter? Schemer? Come on here. What do they get when they get you? Do they get somebody trying to manipulate them? Do they get somebody shysty and shady? What do people get when they get you? I wish, Sister Tanya, that before I got in a relationship with people that they would come with a trailer. I wish people would come with a house. Like, go on your cell phone and show me your trailer before we have a relationship. I want to see your highlight reel. I want to see what you really are as a person before we develop. Because, oh, if I knew then what I know now. I wouldn't have wasted my time. More of y'all need to be saying amen right there because some of y'all look at some of your exes and look, what was I thinking? What was I smoking? What was I drinking? If I knew then... Some of you wish your ex-boyfriend came with a trailer. I wish that joker had a trailer. I told the Lord, I told the Lord, they, they, I said, I don't know my brand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know my brand. Tell me what my brand is. Jesus told me. He said, make your brand my brand. I said, okay. I said, Lord, what's your brand? He said, my brand has been given through the scriptures. If you search me. If you come to know me, you'll see what the label of my ministry has always been. And as I begin to look through scripture, I'm almost through y'all. We're about to take Easter Sunday pictures. Since Jesus came into this world, his brand, Sister Isha, has been service. I just cussed in church. Let me say it again. Service. Serving is Jesus' brand. Meeting the needs of others. His whole purpose of existing is to meet the needs of others. His life was selfless in that he didn't put himself before anyone. He always put everyone before himself. Service was Jesus' brand. He came to be a servant. 
when he came into the world, the Bible says, when he came out of the womb of Mary. Let's go to Christmas before we finish Easter. When we came out of the womb of Mary, he was in the manger. And he was there in the manger. And the Bible says that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothing. She took, y'all, a towel, my God, and wrapped him in swaddling clothing. I'm going to hold them in a minute. But what swaddling clothing is really not the material. What swaddling is is a really the style of wrapping that you do. Because that kind of swaddling holds together their hands and their feet. And it really makes the baby feel like they're back in the womb again. And it's a form of comfort so that they won't move and shake. And they'll go ahead and go to sleep. And so when Mary had Jesus, she wrapped him with a towel in swaddling clothing because she was wrapping him in his assignment she was oh god labeling him for the purpose that he was born son for your entire life you're going to be wrapped in a towel a towel. Towels that y'all steal from the hotels when you go and visit. Well, some of y'all bathroom towels right now got Hilton on it, Sheraton, Holiday Inn. Look at y'all. You know you got some of the hotel towels. God forgive you. God forgive you. Pack them in your bathroom. They got more. They got more. They got more. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. A towel is an absorbent cloth or even paper for wiping and drying something that's wet or moist. It's one for the hands, face. It's one for the body, the washing or bathing. It's to wipe something or to dry something with a towel. Everybody say a towel. Towels for washing and wiping and drying. It is the very, it is the very instrument that signifies a servant is here. It is the extreme label of a servant. Everybody say a towel. It cleans up spills. It dries after the bath. It wash. You you even have those those. Y'all pray for me. Those decorative towels. I need y'all to pray because Pastor Sabrina puts them decorative towels all in my bathroom. And I'm not sure which one to wash my hands with and dry my hands with. They got, you know, lace on them and flowers and little writings. And when I finish washing my hands, I just take that thing and dry my hands. She's like, that's my good towel. Why is it hitting up here if I'm not supposed to dry my hands with them? <sighs> She said, that's decorative towels. I said, well, where's the drying towels at? Ain't a towel a towel? And unfortunately, that's what some folks have. They have towels for show, not for use. You got to be careful who people who carry towels that act like they come to do something, but they're just a show tale. It ain't no real service in it. I just want to show you I'm pretty, but you can't use me. I want to look like a servant but not be available for a service. 
Uh, look at your neighbor and say, what kind of towel are you? Huh? Are you here for use? Or are you here for the visuals? For decoration? Some people are living life as decoration and not use. You're just a decorative towel. You ain't supposed to use it. There's, there's a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between a washcloth, face towel, and bath towel. And you even, when you get to a certain level of wealth status, they even have bath blankets. Hallelujah. I need one of them because I need something to wrap all the way around. You understand what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of glory here. You gotta, I need something to wrap all the way around. The mother towels don't wrap all the way around me. I need something to wrap. I, I need a bath blanket. Hallelujah to God. I'm going to get through here, son. Let him holler. He all right with me. I'd rather have children hollering in church than not be in church at all. Come on here. You, you understand? And, and you know, you know, you know, you know, so people don't know the difference, Pastor Moore. A, 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 a bath cloth, a bath cloth. Now, in my house, you can't call this no wash rag. We ain't got rags in my house. Y'all, I know y'all come up with that. This is not wash rag. What rag? We you wash no rag. That's a cloth. It's a wash towel. You know, they, they, they're about the size of your hand. And the purpose of it is to utilize upon your body and to wash. And to put soap upon it. Uh -huh. It's a towel for the body. And when you're smaller, it doesn't mean you're most insignificant. It simply means you got to cover more areas. You need to catch the detail spots. You can't compare the size of your towel to another person's towel size. Because the towel size will determine the assignment. And a washcloth has to catch more detailed parts than the bath towel. Because it's smaller, it can get with the details. So you got, you got a wash cloth. Then, 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 then you have, then you have, then you have a face towel. A face towel or they even call them a hand towel. They're bigger than a washcloth. And the purpose of those is that after you brush your teeth, you use a face towel. And after you wash your hands, not the decorative one with the laces and flowers, but you, you, you then dry your hands with, with a face towel or a hand towel. And then there is a bath towel. It's a little bit bigger, you know. You dry off your body because after you've washed it, you need to be dried off. And I know some of y'all done got fancy. Talking about, I just want to sit here and air dry. And just, I need to keep the moisture in my skin. This, this ivory is doing its work. Y'all just be laying out there just trying to air. No, let me help y'all. And so, and so they, they use bath and then And then you dry off. And, and, you, and, you can, and you can clean up. And you can wash up. But towels are also a form of service. Mother Shaw told me, she said, son, I always want you to keep some extra bed sheets and towels in the cabinet because you never know when you're going to have company over. 
And so we always had extra. And I, you know, y'all pray for me because I love Bed Bath & Beyond. I just be buying towels, just be buying. And then they got to all match. Y'all pray for my OCD because I can't, I can't even sleep in a bed with different sheets on them. It's just me. I know. Yeah, this is, this is a blue one. This is a red one. This is a black one. Then the cover don't match it. I be having nightmares and swinging in my sleep because the sheets don't match. I know I need prayer, but I, I, my sheets got to match and my towel and my bath cloth has to match. It's got to match. When I use, if I'm going to put it on me, it's got to match. I can't use a red towel and a blue bath. Oh, no, this is crazy. This is ludicrous. Somebody do something. Come get me. You got to pray hard enough. It's, it don't match. It got to match for me. It got to match. And so, and so I use it because, and, and, and when I present it to guests at my house, don't all y'all come over. And when I present it to guests at my house, I present them with towels that match. Because you are my guests, I want to serve you and make sure you have what you need. Sometimes when I'm standing in hotels, I tell the person cleaning the room, you don't have to clean the room. Just give me extra towels. I'll clean the room myself. I just need extra towels because it's something about having a clean towel. You ever started washing the dishes and the dishcloth smells like the old dishes? The dish towel can smell like the old dishes that you wash dishes with. And what we have to do is we have to be careful that we don't try to wash things with dirty towels. Because the clean dishes, so to speak, would then smell like the contamination of the towel you use to wash it. Oh, God, I'm preaching good. And what's happening is many of us are trying to get clean, but we are being washed by towels who are not clean enough to get us clean. You smell like who's working on you. You smell like who's close to you. And though you think you're clean, you're still contaminated because the vessel that's close to you is contaminating you with their fungus with their salmonella come on here with the ingredients of the past you got to be careful everybody can't clean you if their towel ain't clean look at your neighbor say hey neighbor don't try to mess with me if your towel ain't clean don't try to rub on me if your towel in other words can I say it like I'm in Brooklyn sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine don't tell me about what I'm doing and you ain't checked what you doing some churches are being washed with dirty towels Some communities are trying to be clean with dirty towels. Some children are being raised by dirty towels. Your towel is the instrument of service. How clean is your towel? So, so I begin to look at Jesus' ministry and I begin to look and see the brand. And his brand has always been with a towel. He's always had some towel or instrument of service around. It was when 
Jesus went to the home of one of the disciples and they had what we called the Last Supper, which was the first communion. And the Bible says that he began to tell them, this is my body which is broken for you, as he broke the bread. Gave them to eat of it, which means God first blesses it, then he, ble he breaks it. Everything he breaks, he blesses first. In other words, if you've been blessed, get ready to be broken. I'm trying to preach. Can you help me preach to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, if God bless you, he's about to break you. All right, they didn't hear that. Find another neighbor and say, neighbor, if God broke you, it means that you're already blessed. I need to talk to 20 people who can holler at me to know that you're experiencing a brokenness right now and it's only an indication that you have first been blessed. And then he took the cup of juice and wine and he lifted up and said, this is my blood of the new covenant, the new contract, the new testament that I have with you. Drink this and often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And the Bible says that once he finished this meal, he got up from the table and he wrapped himself, my God, in a towel. And he started washing the disciples' feet. And he washed all 12 of their feet. He washed all of their feet. He even washed Judas' feet. Watch this. He took a towel. And served everybody, including his betrayer. When it was time to go to the cross, if you fast forward to it, it was time to go to the cross and he was being crucified. There was only one disciple at the cross. Only disciples at the cross was John. Where were the other 11 guys? Where were they? Well, Judas committed suicide by then. So where were the other 10 guys? Where was everybody else that he fed, that he blessed, that he anointed, that he washed their feet? It seems like that just because uh, they was with him that they would be there at the cross. But when it was time for him to be crucified, they were nowhere to be found. I'm here to tell somebody that just because you serve them doesn't mean that they are obligated to be at your lowest point. We think that because we wash their feet, they got to show up for us. But real servants, oh God, don't always need somebody to be there for them because my assignment is to be there for you. I'm trying to help somebody get delivered from the spirit of discouragement because you've been trying to get reciprocity. You've been trying to get paid back, but sometimes you do not get paid back by the person you serve you may serve over here but get paid back over there high five three folks around you and say hey neighbor it may not come back from the one you served it's going to come back from somebody else I'm here to serve you you don't have to serve me because he's going to anoint somebody to be there for me. I don't know. I'm preaching to 17 people, people who need to hear that. I don't know who was it that you gave your last dime. You helped somebody. You prayed for them. You served them as best you could. But when you were in need, they were nowhere to be found. Don't you be discouraged. Don't even cut them off. Don't have an attitude. you got to know that if it don't come from the east, it's coming from the west. If it don't come from south, it's coming from north. But every time I turn around, the Lord keeps on blessing me. He's going to send somebody to sow back into me what I put out. 
I just got to keep on serving. I just got to keep on serving. Sometimes you got to serve and it'll never be acknowledged. Sometimes you got to serve and nobody will ever know you did it. I'm almost through. Sometimes you got to serve, guess what, and you'll never get paid for it. Because real servants don't need compensation, oh God. Real servants don't need to get paid because a, a real servant's payday is not always money. A real servant's payday is when I can get, come on here, to the gates. And he says, well done, thy good and faithful. He washed their feet. He washed their feet. When he got to Peter, Peter said, no, Lord. You can't wash my feet. I'm not going to even allow you. You're above me. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no parts with me. You can't be associated with me. You can't ride with me. Peter turned around and Jesus says, don't wash my feet. Wash my head, my hands, my body. Wash everything. Because Jesus was trying to show them that the greatest way to go up is to go down. Oh, God, because in the monarchy of the day, with Caesar being uh, the high, the high, of the high court, with the high priest there, and everybody got titles and positions, yes, mean, the Bible says when Jesus got here, he flipped this whole thing on its head. Everybody was used to the greatest guy riding in the chariot. Everybody was used to the big guys living in the palace. Jesus came here and said, I'm a king. How can you be a king and you ain't got no chariot? How can you be a king and you ain't got no palace? Jesus said, no, no, no. The greatest among you is not the one with the biggest title. The greatest among you is the one that serves everybody. Oh, God. He flipped the whole thing on his head. He turned it around and said, the first is last and the last is first. He put everything around because we thought to get to the top, you got to be at the top. Jesus said to get to the top, you got to be willing to go to the bottom. Who have you served? Whose needs have you met? He said, the greatest is the servants. So can I tell y'all today, the greatest person in this church is not me, the bishop. It's the person who sat you. So when you argue with them about not wanting to sit where they told you to sit, you just argue with the greatest person in this room. We look at the guy in the biggest chair and the longest robe. But really, it's the servants that's the greatest in the whole house. Because you could wear a robe and not be a servant. Can I talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking? And I found out that, write this down, everyone who provides a service is not a servant. Everyone who provides a service is not a servant. The determination is the condition of their heart. It is servants determined by your heart. Because if you don't do it from your heart, I don't care what you're doing, you're not serving. Have y'all ever had somebody hug you or shake your hand and you could tell their heart wasn't in it? You almost like, well, get, get off of me because that was fake. That wasn't even real. If you're going to love on me, love me for real. Look at your neighbor said it got to come from your heart. Oh, if y'all not scared of COVID and Amara Khan, wrap your arms around somebody and tell them I love you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Close, y'all. Lord told me to tell y'all 
that if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Because the very purpose of our existence is to serve. The very purpose of our existence as humanity is to serve other humanities. Look at your neighbor and ask them, where's your towel? There's a certain idiom that also describes the towel as throwing in the towel. It is to suggest that I no longer want to do this job. It is to say that I no longer want to be here. So I'm throwing in my towel. It says that I'm not going to serve anybody else. I'm not going to meet any more needs. I'm living my life for me. I'm doing what I want the way I want. So they throw in the towel. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't throw in your towel. God wants to use your towel. And, uh, you got to be a servant. And when you are a servant, you're able to uh, serve and use your towel for service. Watch this. Philippians chapter number 2 verse 5 says this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant. Jesus took on the form of the servant. I asked the question, I said, Lord, why didn't you take on the form of anything else? He says, because to meet the needs, I've got to take on the form of servant. I want to ask y'all a question. If you were able to come back in life as something else, what would you come back as? Uh, you will come back as wealthy. You will come back uh, maybe some political officer. You will come back as somebody that can be known in Hollywood. I don't know. You will come back as a millionaire, billionaire. Maybe you'll come back in a better family. But Jesus said, I'll come back in the form of a servant. When you look at the word servant there, it's the word doulos, which means slave, Harry Shaw. Which means he came in the form of a slave. I don't know anybody who would take on, oh God, intentionally the form of a slave. But Jesus took on the form of a slave because he needed to meet the needs of everybody that was there and present. Because he wanted you to know that the greatest thing that you could ever have is not a microphone in your hand. The greatest thing that you could ever have is not car keys, house keys, or the biggest corner office on the company. But the greatest thing that you could ever have in this life, ladies and gentlemen, is a towel. The towel is the form of the servant. The towel is the form and the instrument of the greatest one of us. The towel is those who serve, carry it, and they carry it with humility and pride. Uh, any servants that are in the room. And uh, I've discovered, ladies and gentlemen, that it is the heart of the servant that needs to rise up in this generation because we're living with now a bunch of selfish people who are only out for themselves, who are only looking to serve their own agenda but real servants are looking to serve other people and put the needs of others in front of their own I'm closing I promise y'all but grab your neighbor by the hand and shake it real good again and say neighbor I'm here to meet your needs come on act like you're a waiter at a restaurant and ask your neighbor how may I help you
What is it that I could do for you? What is it that I could help you with? That's the servant. That's the heart of the servant. The servant looks for opportunities to serve. They don't look around and say, that's not my job. That's not what a servant says. A servant says, doesn't say, they don't pay me for this. A servant doesn't say, oh, but everybody else didn't do it. Why do I have to do it? But the heart of the servant says, if nobody does it, I'll do it. Because I've got a servant's heart. We were here just the other day, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, doing some recordings and videos and uh, preparing for some of the features that we got coming up. And uh, we was doing some things, and while we were doing it, we was ironing and prepping the environment and the atmosphere, and, and we was getting things done. And Sister Anne was here, and she was vacuuming and sweeping and cleaning and washing. Thank God for Sister Anne. Hallelujah. Come on. She makes sure stuff is clean around these parts. Thank God y'all came to a clean church because people like Sister Ann was cleaning it. And after she was finished cleaning the church and after she was finished doing the job she was asked to do, she came over to me and she says, A man of God, can I do that for you? I was ironing a cloth or something. And she says, Let me do that. I'll do that. Uh, but, but, but you finished your job already. No, 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 no. Uh, because a servant's job is never finished. As long as they see a need, they chase after needs. And can I give y'all a secret to the millionaire mindset? Millionaires are only millionaires because they chase needs. As long as you look for a need to fulfill, you'll always have wealth. Because God throws wealth at people who meet needs. But as long as you sit there on your tush, you'll never have any wealth because you won't do anything with it. Turn around to three folks and say, what needs are you meeting? What needs are you meeting? She said, can I do that? And I gave it to her. And she ironed and she fixed up and, and she served. Sister Anne, thank you for being a servant. Watch this. And the Bible says that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And after he washed their feet, Judas went and betrayed him. And they sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And y'all know the story that they took out Jesus. They took our Savior from judgment hall to judgment hall. And they crucified him and they killed him them. They hung him on a cross on the hill called Golgotha in the city of Calvary. And when they hung him down, they hung him, but his towel was so valuable that the Bible says that the Roman soldiers started gambling and casting lots because they cut up his clothes and his towels and they started saying I want a piece of it and they gambled for it because a servant's towel is so valuable and finally when they hung Jesus high and they stretched Jesus wide he hung his head and the locks of his shoulders and he died nudge your neighbor and said he died. He died for you and he died for me. And after Jesus died, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that a man by the name of Joseph from the city of Arimathea, he went to Pilate and begged down for the body of Jesus. He said, give me his body because the Passover is coming and we cannot leave him hanging on that tree. So he begged for the body of Jesus. He took Jesus' body and he wrapped Jesus again in the linen cloth the same way. 
that Mary did it when he was a baby. She did it as a baby because she was saying, I'm reminding you that you're here to serve. And then Joseph rocked him again to remind him that you're here to die. High five your neighbor. And let's go back to last week and say, neighbor, it's a wrap. It was all about the wrapping. Wrapped them in a towel. It was custom that when they buried you, that they put a towel on your face to cover your face. That while decomposition was happening, that your face won't disfigure. To say that you're sleeping now, you're resting now in the bosom of God. Joseph put Jesus in the tomb and rolled the stone in front of it. After he rolled the stone in front of it, Jesus laid there and he laid there all day Friday. He laid there all day Saturday. All night Saturday night. But while Jesus was laying there, his soul went down to hell. Preached revival to hell until those in hell started hearing the good news he served on earth but he also served in hell I gotta close y'all we gotta take Easter pictures but look at your neighbor and say neighbor a real servant will serve in hell it don't have to go your way and you'll still serve your money ain't gotta be there and you'll still serve things ain't gotta be going the way you want it but you'll still serve and the bible says that while jesus laid in the grave on night saturday early sunday morning i said early somebody say early sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands but please recognize what John 20 said when he got up Yasmin the linen clothes that they wrapped him in he had placed them over on the side he took the linen clothes and he says this clothes was my grave clothes he took the linen clothes off he said thank you for wrapping my body folded it up put it in the corner laid it there that's the clothes that he was wrapped in look at somebody sitting next to you and said neighbor everything that had you wrapped up is about to loose you and let you go can i preach the 13 praises tell your neighbor said neighbor that situation that had you wrapped up is about to let you go the grave clothes is coming off of you you're no longer dead but you're alive shake somebody and say i shall live and not die that was noel and declare the works of the lord he took his linen clothes put it over there but the towel they wrapped on his face he took that folded it up and placed it by itself why did he separate the clothes from the towel because he wanted us to pay attention 
to the towel and not the clothes. And that's what's happening in the church. They chasing the clothes, but leaving the towel. You chasing the robe, but forgot about the towel. He don't want you to want that. That's going to the grave. But go after the towel. The towel is the position of the servant. And it was Jewish custom that whenever you went to somebody's house, you would thank them for giving you bed sheets and clean towels. If you are appreciative for how they treated you as a host, you would take the towels, fold it up, put on the corner of the bed to tell everybody, thank you for your hospitality. And because you were so nice to me, the folded towel means I'll come back and visit you again. So if Jesus folded the towel and put it at the end of the grave, he was telling the world, thank you for your hospitality. I'll be right back. It was always about the towel. He wants you to remember your towel. Get somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, take up your towel. Get out your seat. Tell three folks, take up your towel. Take up that anointing. You're looking to preach, but you can't preach without a towel. You're looking to sing, but you can't sing without a towel. Go high five three people and say, where is your towel? Where is your towel? I see your Easter clothes, but where is your towel? I hear about your title, but forget your title. Where's your towel? I hear about where you're going next, but don't I care? Where's your towel? Because the Bible, I said the Bible says when it's all over, said and done, when the dust settles, it ain't gonna be the bishop that's going to heaven. It ain't gonna be the apostle going to glory. It's gonna be the servant. He's gonna say, well done, well done, that good and faithful servant. Get out your seats. Tell somebody, ah, I want to hear them say, well done. Ah, ah, I want to hear them say, well done, that good and faithful servant. So guess what? If you don't call me Bishop Shaw, you can call me Servant Shaw. If you don't call me Bishop, you've got to call me a servant. Lay hands on yourself and say, I am. I, I'm a servant because I'll serve him in the morning. I'll serve him in the noonday with tears in my eyes. Weeping may endure for the night. But I'll serve him in the night season. I'll serve him in the darkness. I'll serve him 
in the light. And I said it when it's raining. I said it in the storm. One more time. Get out your seat. Find five people and say, I wonder, where is your towel? Where is your towel? Show me. Look at your name and say, show me your towel. You can't help me if you ain't got no towel. You can't pray if you ain't got no towel. Don't lay hands if you don't have a servant's heart. Where is your... a whole lot of titles but very little towels he put the towel by itself because he wanted us to pay close attention to the towel the towel was more important than the title and we've chased titles and missed towels Elijah told Elisha this, if you see me when I'm taken up, then you can have the double portion of my spirit. Basically, Elijah released his towel. Elisha caught it. He didn't catch anything else. He caught his towel. Where's your service? I don't know if some of you understand. The garments that I'm even wearing today, that's, that's called the rocher. Famous language. Don't worry about it. This long purple thing is called a robe. But this belt around me, mother, this belt is called a singer. A singer. And the purpose of this belt is exactly what Jesus did at washing the disciples' feet. This symbolized the towel that he wrapped around himself and he let a piece of it hang to wash their feet. So whenever a preacher puts this on, they're saying, I'm willing to be a servant. And what, this not just dress up clothes, it's not costumes. This is holy garments to symbolize a holy vocation. If you wear this, you're saying, I'm willing to get to the lowest point and wash your feet. I don't have to agree with you to wash your feet. I put up a post on social media yesterday. A lot of people liked it. They're sharing it. They got a lot of inboxes too. Because people didn't think that the pictures that were posted, that the individuals deserved, to have their feet washed. So how judgmental can you be? How could you dare think that he could wash your feet but he don't wash everybody's feet? He washes everybody's feet because service doesn't mean agreement. Service means that's my assignment. I serve not because I agree. I serve because it's my assignment. 
So on Wednesdays in Horn of Plenty, Sister Deidre, we serve people who not saved. We serve drug addicts and homeless people. Sometimes they're on the line and they let a cuss word slip out. We don't tell them to get off the line because you cussed. We don't take them off the line because they got high before they got here. Some of them get high on the line. But we serve them. Because service is about assignment, not always agreement. I may not like what you did, but I'm going to serve you. Because with love and kindness have I drawn you. Who have you served? Let this resurrection Sunday be more about who you serve and not who served you. Y'all go out and eat dinner tonight. Be nice to them waiters and waitresses. They're there to meet your need. Be nice to people because they're there to serve you. One more time, just ask around, who have you served? So, brothers, get my table. Who have you served? Y'all know me, I'm always doing something. Help them something. I want today to leave you with this one thought. Where's your towel? Where, where, where's, where's your towel? I see you trying to make it in life, but where's your towel? I know you're trying to boss up and secure the bag. I get it. Where's your towel? Millionaires are individuals who meets needs. Bill Gates said, I'm going to make a product that people can't live without. I'm going to give them a desktop computer they could fit in their pocket. He met a need. And because he met a need, he's the wealthiest man in the world. What need are you meeting? Who are you serving? What, 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 who are you looking to serve? What is it in life that you can't stand to see people struggle with? What is it? What is it? What is it you can't stand to see people struggle with? Because you know what you just described? Your assignment. You just described what you called to do. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, where's your towel? I got a towel for every adult person in here. I want you to leave today with a towel. To remind you, whatever you do, serve somebody. You ain't got to have a million dollars to serve somebody. You don't have to have a dollar to serve somebody. You can serve someone with kindness. You can serve someone with generosity. I love to see these brothers in the worship, but watch this. There's too many of our black men struggling. We can serve them, and we don't have to have a dollar in our pocket to do it. But simply to be your brother's keeper is service. Serving in church ain't the only kind of service. 
please don't fool yourself that Sunday service is the only kind of service. It's one kind, but not the only kind. Because what good is it is if you serve on Sunday, but mean as a rattlesnake on Monday? Who have you served? Whose needs have you met? I want you for the next couple of seconds, I'm over my time, but I want you to just right there where you are, just close your eyes and lift your hands. I want you to go personally to God. And what we're asking God for today is to give us our towel. I want to be a servant. I want to meet the needs of a community. I want to meet the needs of somebody who's in need, right? Somebody's suffering right now. I'm actually living somebody else's prayer request. Somebody wished they were in my shoes today. My assignment is to go serve them. I feel the anointing here. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. The trick of the enemy is to bombard your life and distract you from service. He's trying to make you so busy that you can't serve. He's trying to boggle you down with so many issues of life that you can't even find it. I don't even know who can I serve. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. No, you do. You do. You right now, you're embraced by the bondage of busyness. But today, you're going to be free from the bondage of business. And God is going to give you the liberty to serve someone. How may I help you? How may I help you? With your hands lifted, your eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus. We come today for the anointing not to prophesy. We come for the anointing not to preach. But we come, Father, for the same brand that Jesus had on his ministry. We come to be a servant. We come for you to anoint us as servants sons and daughters and servants that come today to meet the needs of others there's somebody in this world oh God that you've anointed me to meet their need and I pray in the name of Jesus that God you would anoint me right now from the crown of my head to the very sole of my feet there's somebody who you call me to help there's somebody who you call me to bless there's somebody who you are assigning me to bring through a storm that's in their life right now father today anoint me to serve anoint me to serve change my heart change my mind, change my disposition and my attitude, work on my character so I'm a better servant. I need somebody, open up your mouth today and say, Lord, make me a better servant. Lord, make me a better servant. Lord, make me a better servant. I'm available to you. My hands, my ears, my eyes, they're available for your use. I want to be a servant unto the Lord. I want to serve you. I want to serve, hallelujah, I want to serve you. 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 Come help me, Pastor. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Help me, Pastor Moore. I want to serve. Stand over there for me. Come on, Deacon. Go all the way to the back. That's me. Go all the way to the back. We're going to serve. If you're ready to serve, if you're ready to say, God, I want to serve you, I want to serve humanity, I pray in the name of Jesus that when this towel is placed in your hand, that you will accept the assignment to meet the needs of some community and some people. Wherever you go, wherever you are, on the job, in your neighborhood, in your community, even in your church, I'm ready to accept the assignment. Because it's all about the towel. If that's you, 
I want you to take some extra towels to the back on that side. Take some extra towels to the back on the other side. Because I want everybody who's ready. Don't take the towel if you're not ready. Give it to every adult person. Every adult person who's ready. Can y'all lift your hands up right there where you are? I feel a worship. Can you worship God? Can you begin to tell him how wonderful he is? Can you, that's it, magnify his name. Tell him thank you. And if you're ready to accept this assignment, take the towel. Go ahead, ladies, I want you to hand it to him and tell him take the towel. Those who ready, those who want it, take the towel. Tell him take the towel. 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 There's an assignment. There's something for you to do. There's somewhere where you're supposed to go. God, I accept my towel. It's always been about the towel. It's always been about the towel. It's always been about your towel. Now everybody that got a towel, lift it up by lifting up your hands. I need you to make some noise. I need you to celebrate. We'll get some more. I need you to celebrate. Come on. Open your mouth and say, God, I accept the assignment. God, I accept the assignment. God, I accept the mandate. I accept being a servant. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. Give me a servant's heart. Give me a servant's heart. Give me a servant. Now worship him. Come on, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Let heaven hear you. Let hell hear you. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what I'm dealing with. I've got an assignment. There's some young men. There's some young women. There's some lost. They need to be saved. There's some hungry. that need to be fed. There's some naked. They need to be clothed. There's somebody who needs the towel. Open up your mouth and rejoice. Come on, let me see you wave your towel. Wave your towel. Tell the devil, it ain't about a title. It's about serving. It's about the towel. I got a towel. Tell the devil I got a towel. I'm never without purpose. I'm never without destiny. I'm never without an assignment. As long as you got a towel, you got an assignment. As long as you got a towel, You've got a mandate. Look around your row and tell everybody, it's always been about the towel. Come on, tell somebody else and shake the towel in front of them and tell them it's always been about the towel. Listen, we're going to go.
That ain't no regular face towel I just gave you. I prayed over those towels. I anointed them. Don't use that for drying hands. Put that in your house as a reminder. Above everything else, I'm a servant. There's somebody who needs something. My job is to make it happen. Serve. Only humble people got towels. Prideful people don't carry towels. They're too big for towels. Humble people. Would y'all practice it? Look at somebody and say, how may I help you? Somebody's online today. You're in this room. We're closing. You want to be a servant, but you need to serve the Lord. Today, if you're not saved, I want to serve you. I want to serve you my product. Jesus. My brand is service, but my product is Jesus. If you're not saved today, I want, I want you to take a drink of the water that when you drink therein, you'll never thirst again. The living water. I want you to be saved and I want you to have a relationship with him. I'm not talking about a Sunday morning experience. I say I want you to live with him and I want him to live with you. I want you to take him everywhere you go. Even when you mess up, I want him to be right there with you. I want you to have Jesus. If you're not saved today, and you know that it's time for you to make you right your life with God, for real, you know it's time for you to get yourself together. And you can't do this yourself. Nobody can save themselves. The Lord can do it. And he'll accept you with your past. He'll accept you with your record. He accepts you and he know what you did. He loved you anyway. Because the wonderful thing about his love, he don't wait till we get it together to love us. He loves us while we jacked up. But he wants you to come to him. And he wants you to be changed. If that's you, you're in this room. And you say, I want to be saved. Just raise your right hand all over this building. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord. Just raise your hand. I want to be saved. That's it. I see hands raised. I see hands raised. Come on, somebody celebrate. I see hands raised. You know that's you. I want to be saved. 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 If that's you, I want you to take a step further and I want you to come up here to this altar. Just stand right here in front of me. Just tell the person next to you, say, excuse me, I need to go up there. I need to go up there. And I want you to stand right here. Come on. That's it. That's it. They're coming. Look at that. Who else? Who else? Come stand right up here to this altar. Come stand. I need y'all to get excited over souls. Who else? Look, they're coming. I need y'all to get excited. Crown, y'all know how we do. Ask somebody. Ask somebody who's sitting next to you. Ask them, are you saved? Stand right here. Ask them. If you need to go up there, I'll walk up there with you. 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 Who else? Come on. Come on. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, I need to get right with God. Is there anybody in this room that says, no, for real, I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. I do. I, I need to get right with God. I'm messing up. I'm jacked up. But I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. Who else? Come on. This is your moment. This is the moment. This is the moment right here. 
This is the moment right here. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Getting your towel and saying, I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to go to work. I got things to do. got places to go. I got people to see. Look at they still coming. Look at they still coming. Look at they still coming. Hallelujah. God bless y'all. Let me touch your hand. I'm so glad I'm coming. Who else is it? Who else? Huh? Oh. I feel something happening. Come on. Who else is it? Who else is it? It's all about a new beginning. It's all about a new start. It's all about God doing what he needs to do in me. You're not too young. You're not too old. I want you to come right here. They're still coming. My God, they're still coming. Can y'all rejoice? The Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing over one soul. Listen to me. Listen to me. You just made the most important decision of your life by saying, I'm coming to Jesus. Watch this. This does not mean you're going to be perfect. It simply means you're making progress. If you move a little bit a day, that's progress. It's not about perfection. He's looking for progress. Today's day one. Tomorrow, you're liable to mess up and do something you ain't supposed to be doing. But because today, you have a relationship that you can say, Lord, you know what? I messed up again. I need you to help me to live right. And we're so glad that you came today. Would y'all do me a favor? Stretch your right hands towards their direction. All of you, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Change me. Make me more like you. Today, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. I now belong to you, Lord. I'm not my own. I don't belong to this world. I'm yours, Lord. Now give me the grace so I can live a life that you're pleased with. Help me, Holy Spirit, to follow the Lord Jesus. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Well, congratulations. I need to hear somebody. I say congratulations. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome. You're a believer now. You're a brother. You're a sister. I need somebody to come to each one of them and tell them welcome to the family. Come on, hug them and greet them and tell them welcome. That's it. Welcome. Somebody, y'all come on and greet them. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the body of Christ. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Wow. I need to hear y'all clapping your hands. I need to hear y'all worshiping and thanking God. All right, I need help. Every one of you, go this way. Go to this lady in the back with her hand raised. She's going to get some information for you. Just come right this way. Go to the lady in the back with her hand raised. She's going to help you. Pastor Moore's going to help you. I need y'all to clap your hands for those souls 
Oh, y'all can do better than that. Clap your hands for those souls. Anybody in this room glad you're saved? I say, anybody glad that you're saved? Wave your hands and say, I'm glad I'm saved. Come on, say it loud. I'm glad I'm saved. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.